According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the Defender of the Word of God. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. We are on another broadcast of the Defender. Today's date is Sunday, December the 9th, 2018. And we are extremely excited about being back on this broadcast again with you. The Defender is an online medium to bring the Word of God in a relevant way where you can grow in your faith be substantiated with the word of God and live a victorious life. Now, listen, we would love for you to be a part of what we're doing here at James Fox Ministries and on The Defender. We invite you, as a matter of fact, to partner with us. You can go on our page. It's on anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. Once again, that's anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. And on that, you can see all of the broadcasts that we do week after week. We have a three tier level where you can give at. We have a, a tier that just starts at a mere 99 cents a month. Yes, that's right. For just 99 cents a month, you can help us stay on the air. Then we have a 499 level and a 999 level. So whatever level you feel comfortable giving at, we welcome you to be a partner with us. Lock arms with us as we distribute this gospel to the nations. So like we said, we are on again. It is Sunday and hopefully you have went somewhere today and been in, engulfed in just an atmosphere of praise, of exaltation of the word of God, of worship and being amongst like-minded saints. I'm telling you, it is so important for you to have a place where you can go and experience the presence of God. There are churches all around everywhere, and there are many churches that are doing powerful things that are upholding the blood-stained banner of Christ. So we would always we would always encourage you to go and fellowship with the believers because you need that strength. Because listen, it's Sunday right now, and guess what? Tomorrow is Monday. So many of us got to go back out into the world. We got to go back out into uh, that area of where the enemy really wages war at. And we can't hide in a building. So we got to get souped up. We got to get powered up with the word of God so that we can live an effective life and be an effective witness. So thank you again, family and friends, for being on our broadcast tonight. And if I was going to title this at all with anything tonight, our broadcast will be called Do This One Thing. I'm going to repeat that one more time. The title of our broadcast tonight is called Do This One Thing. Now, you may say, I do a whole lot of things. What do you mean just do one thing? Well, we're going to really break it down tonight and we're going to give you an understanding of why it is so important for those of us who have come into the knowledge of God and have accepted the Lord as our Savior, Redeemer, and we live for him and he lives through us for us to do this one thing. Now, it takes a lot of persistent focus in order to make this happen, but this is something that it is required for you and I to do. So like we say, when we come on a broadcast, you need to have your Bibles ready. You need to have something where you can access the word of God. Prayerfully, you get some pens and pencils because we always invite you all to come on and be ready to open up the scriptures, be ready to study because we say this all the time. The Bible says, show thyself approved. You got to be a workman with this word. You got to let this word work in you. That's the only way you're going to get victory. Because listen, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, there is no shortcuts. And that's why I believe a lot of people drop out of the race. 
Did you get that? A lot of people drop out of the race because they feel like this 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 life that we're living, that there are shortcuts to it. And there is no shortcuts. The shortcut, the only shortcut that's already been made has been provided. And that's Christ coming, dying on the cross for you and me so that we can live through his vicarious death, burial and resurrection. Did you hear that? So that's the only shortcut. The shortcut is him. But once we're in him, there is no shortcuts. Did you understand that? So that's that's the thing. And many people are trying to find another way and they are looking for an alternative way to try to get to the desired results that they're looking for in life. And a lot of us are not learning or have not learned yet how to do this one thing. So the one thing you're saying, well, what is the one thing, Brother James? What are you talking about? What is this one thing? Well, we find this in the word of God. We can find this when we open up the gospel and we turn to a particular passage of scripture about doing this one thing. But before we do that, we want to open up with this brief uh, story and we want to give a backdrop about what we're talking about. So let's go to the book of Luke chapter nine. Let's go there first. The book of Luke chapter nine. Are you going there with me? And so the backdrop of this story is there's a lot of things happening in this book, basically in the book. Can you hear me? I'm, zip, I'm unzipping the word of God. I'm bringing it out my book. I'm bringing out the book. And so the Lord is teaching on a lot of things in this chapter of Luke chapter nine. He is dealing with a lot of individuals, a lot of circumstance things. But we want to get to this one thing. And this thing is really dealing with, I believe, a lot of the hangups that many believers go through in life. It causes a lot of uh, confusion. It causes a lot of uh, chaos. It causes a lot of, you know, just unsurety about where people are in their walk with God. And it's because they fail to do this one thing. So we're in Luke chapter nine. Let's go there. Are you there yet? Luke chapter nine, and we're going to read. Now we're going to pick this up. And like I said, we've been dealing with a lot in here, but we're just going to get to this particular part of uh, this broadcast and we're dealing with it. So we're in Luke chapter nine, and we're going to start at verse 57. All right. So Luke chapter nine, verse 57. And this is what it reads. It says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithsoever thou goest. Now I'm reading in the King James Version. Basically what that's saying is a person approached the Lord himself and said, listen, I am going to follow you wherever you go. Now, this is talking about this in this particular broadcast. But if you, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, as your redeemer, as the one that delivered you, this is entail what you have said. You have said, I will follow you wherever you go. Did you, did you know you did that? I want you to understand you did that. So that's why there cannot be these uh, uh, half-baked Christians or those that are they, they're done on one side and they are uncooked on the other. Do you see that? Because he said, I will follow you wherever you go. That means that God has mandated something for your life. He has commissioned something for your life and you have said yes to that commission. It's basically like getting inaugurated into an office. You said yes to the terms and the agreements. It's just like when you purchase something or you buy something, even online when you're uh, on different apps and things like that. There are terms of agreement. You see that there are terms of agreement when you get into a covenant relationship or a covenant contract with you and another entity or another source. There's an agreement that takes place. And so this is what happens. 
many people don't recognize that. They think that when they just say yes, that they're saying yes to one particular thing and not to all of it. And so tonight we're going to really open it up so you can understand that you said yes. You said I will follow you wherever you go. That's the agreement. When you let another individual, another person, another entity come and live inside of you and be the focus and forefront of your life, you're basically saying, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. The spirit leads and then I follow. You see that? So that's what this man has said to the Lord. He came out boldly and said that. And then this is what Jesus said to him. This is verse 58. He said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. So let's understand. Let's look at the, the, pic, the pictorial uh, demographic of what he's bringing. He said foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Basically, he's saying everybody, everything that he just mentioned, those two different animals, they have a place to rest. They have a place to nest. They have a place to be in. You see that. Then he says, but the son of man have not where to lay his head. Basically, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. You see that? I don't have anywhere to wait to lay my head. So how does this pertain to the man saying, I'm going to follow you wherever you go? And the Lord is saying, well, all of these, these different things, they got a place to rest, but I don't have nowhere to lay my head. So we understand that I believe the Lord is letting us know. He said, can, can, can my authority and lordship reign in you? Do you get that? Can the authority that I bring reign in you? Because you said you're going to follow me wherever I go. So if you're going to follow me wherever I go, then my authority and my lordship has to reign in you. Can I lay my headship in you? Did you get that? Can I lay my authority in you? Can I lay what all I'm composed of inside of you? You see that? And then this is, this is, he said unto another, he said, follow me. So he don't went from there. Then he said to another person, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. You see that? He said, let me go and bury my father. And then verse 60, this is what Jesus said to him. He said, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. So wait a minute. What do you mean? Let the dead bury their dead? He said, let me go and bury my father. So here was this man saying, I need to go I need to go and perform this funeral rite. I need to perform this procession. Let me bury my father first. Let me take care of that familiar business first. And the Lord said, let the dead bury their dead. Basically, he's telling him, listen, let those that are already walking dead bury their dead. Let those that already, see, they don't have the regenerated spirit of life living in them. Did you get that? That's why he said, let the dead bury the dead. He's basically saying they don't have any life in them. They're walking, they're living, they're breathing, but they don't have any life in them. My life is not in them. Therefore, they are dead. They're not living. You see that? You can look at your own life and say, am I really living or am I just living out of a dead state? You know, are, are things that I'm doing not producing the fruit that I want them to? So here we go again. This is what Jesus said. He said, let the dead bury the dead, but you, you go thou and preach the kingdom of God. So he gave him a commission. He said, let them bury the dead, but you go preach the kingdom of God. So he gave him a commission. He gave him a commandment. We're going right back to what the man said before. He said, now I'm going to follow you, Lord, wherever you go. Did you say that to God? Let me ask you that. Family and friends, did you tell God, I'm going to follow you wherever you go? Did you say that? And then how many times, I know I've done it myself, I said I'm going to follow you, but then when the deal really breaks down, I want to renege on the deal. I'll follow you, Lord, but I didn't say I would do that. I'll follow you, Lord, but I didn't say I would go there. I'll follow you, Lord, but I didn't say that I was up for all of this. How many people have said that? I know that I've said that in so many circumstances, in so many situations. 
So this is what he said. He turned to another also and said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me go first. Let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. You see that? So this is another individual. He's walking up on the Lord. He's receiving his salvation. He's walking up. He's saying, God, I accept you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. But, but there is a caveat. There is a prerequisite to me following you. He said, let me first go bid them farewell. Let me go tell the people at my home, at my house, let me go say goodbye to them. You see that? So we got to understand something. Turning back to the past will keep you out of your future. Did you hear that? Turning back to the past will keep you out of your future. So verse 62, it said, and Jesus said unto him. Now he's talking to this individual this time. He said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, you probably heard that preached a lot of times. And I know you probably heard it spoken to you in times of saying, listen, once you don't receive God, you got to keep going. Ain't no need of you looking back. So because if you're going to plow, if you're going to uh, plow something, plowing takes concentration. Plowing takes focus. For you to plow, that means you got to be dedicated. You got to be looking to uh, how you're lining things up. You got to be very in tune with what you're doing. You got to be looking to the future, to what's ahead of you. And so Jesus said, once you're going, if you're going to put your hand on this, basically, if you're going to accept the salvation that I bring, if you're going to put your hand to what I have called you to do, if you're going to take hold of the work, and then you're going to look back. You, you're not fit for the kingdom. You see that? You're not fit for the kingdom of God because plowing, as we said, means it's going straight ahead. It's apprehending what is before you. And if you look back, looking back will take you off the course. Notice that Jesus said, looking back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. You see that? Now, remember, he told the man, go and preach the kingdom of God. And so we got to understand the difference in that. So being fit for the kingdom is not fit for just being saved. There's, there's a difference in there. Just being accepting the Lord and, you know, asking God to forgive us for our sins and our trespasses, you see, and coming on. I mean, we're saved. Yeah, we get that part. But then we're talking about getting into the kingdom of God. That's a pressing that, that's, that has to take place. You see that? Because all of that means exertion. As you can see, he, he used the illustration of putting your hand to the plow. See, he said, now you coming to join in in what I'm doing. And that's where a lot of people, they don't understand that God is doing a work himself. And he's letting us participate in what he's doing. Do you see that? But every time we want to look back, every time we want to take a glance as, as to what we have left behind, this is the thing that catches us up. This is the thing that makes us not be effective and where God is wanting to bring us to. So listen, if you're going to plow, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, you have got to be apprehended by him to keep the course that he set before you. I'm going to say that again. You've got to be apprehended by him to plow the course that he has set before you. It's a very, very serious thing. And we've got to understand that. So if you're just joining our broadcast tonight, we're talking about do this one thing. And I can't tell you how many times People get caught up in where they should be or not knowing exactly where they should be in life because they forget to do this one thing. And the one thing is something that we all have to do. When you come into the knowledge of who God is, when you come into knowing what God has done for you, what he is doing through you, 
then you have got to get to a place to where you are ready to release yourself from anything that the past will try to hold on to you. Did you get that? And, and many people, uh, we have a hard time with that because we don't know how to let go of what has been. You see, in these two uh, verses here, it's saying that the men wanted to go back to what they had come from. They wanted to uh, return to something that they were familiar with. How many times have you in your life or in your walk wanted to return to something that you were familiar with? You want to get back into what you were doing before. Did you, do you see that? And, and this is what's happening to a lot of individuals. They are wanting to get back into what they were doing before. And because of that, they cannot apprehend what God is doing in their life. So we're talking about forgetting the past and doing this one thing. That's the title of our broadcast is doing this one thing. So let's find out where we get the context and where we get the structure of what we're saying. Let's go to the book of Philippians chapter three. All right, I'm turning there. Are you turning there with me? The book of Philippians chapter three. Now this is, this is Paul talking and this is a, another picture of humanity. It's another picture of us. And this is a, a, a letter that he is writing and he's basically setting this up so that we can understand, listen, there are things that's going to happen in life and that has happened in life that we're going to have to just be settled with. Did you hear that? Things have happened in your life that you're just going to have to be settled with. That they've, it's because they've already happened. Do you see that? If they've already happened, let the matter be settled. And this is going to get many people free just in knowing that. If it's already happened, let the matter be settled. How do you do that? How do I settle it? Well, there's numerous ways that you can attempt to settle. But the first thing is, is to know that it has been dealt with. Now, what am I saying to you? I'm saying know that when you come into the knowledge of God and that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you say yes to his plan of redemption for your life and you repent of those things that have happened before, that's the blood that covers it. Did you get that? Now, you're going to meet individuals in your life and you probably have this always trying to throw up your past in your face. They're always trying to throw up what you did and how you did it. And, you know, these things are always happening to people. And many times because we haven't really terminated the past totally, we get caught up. And we end up reliving the cycles of those things over and over and over again. So let's go to this thing. We're going to Philippians chapter three. Are you there yet? And I'm going to begin reading. You can read along with me. OK, let's read this. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. That's the first thing. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. This is after he had written to them already. He had already been writing, but now he's saying, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. If you go back and you see what he's written before, then you can follow. You can basically follow what he's saying. But, you know, this has come to an ending part. So how many of us, when we get to the end of our journey, are still learning how to rejoice in the Lord? It didn't say rejoice in, 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 in yourself, is saying rejoice in the Lord, because if you rejoice in him, then everything that's going on within you will be dealt with and it will be settled. He says to write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Then he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And that's basically talking about uh a sect of people who were always trying to bring up stuff because of the way that they saw things. And they were always trying to do things in regards to how they could do it through their own strength and their own power. So he basically breaks it down. He said, for we are the circumcision, not the concision, but the circumcision, meaning we've been cut. 
We have been cut. We've been cut off from the things of the world. We've been cut off from the things of the flesh. We've been cut off from things that have entangled us before. And this is what he says. He says, we are those ones. What do we do? We worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And what? And have no confidence in the flesh. Did you see that? No confidence in the flesh. Worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. Verse four, he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He's saying, I might, I might have confidence, and he's going to tell you why. He said, if any other man think that he have, whereof he might trust in the flesh, out of more. Basically saying this, listen, if you think you got some accolades and you think you got a reason to trust in your own strength to into your own intellectual capacity, into your own giftedness, I have more of a reason to boast in that. And he's saying, listen, why, why would I say that? Verse five tells you why. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. All right. Basically, he just gave you his resume. You see that? Basically, he gave you his resume to say, I got more. I have more reason to boast and to believe that I have achieved and I've counted myself to be somebody. You see that? That's what he's basically saying. Check out my resume. My resume, yours don't compare to that. That's what he's saying. He says, so if I wanted to look at things in the natural, in the flesh, I could do that. But he's not doing that. And this is, tells you why. Verse seven, he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Basically saying, whatever things I have attained and have gotten on my own accord and out of my own strength, out of my own power, out of what I believe to be the right thing for me. He said, I counted it loss. Basically, I subtracted all of that so that I could gain this person that's called Christ. You see that? That goes back to the man saying, Lord, I will follow you wherever I go. When you said that, family and friends, that's what you said. You said, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. You said, I received my salvation. I received what you've given me. And now I'm ready to go on and do whatever it is that you've called me to do. So all the other stuff that I did before now, I'm counting it loss. It doesn't mean nothing compared to you. You see that? He says in verse eight, he said, yeah, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may what? Win Christ. You see that? So that's basically saying for you and me, this is what we got to understand. Family and friends, when you come into this walk with God, Nothing else matters but him. Now that now that is a blank statement, but if you if you understand that, that is God and God first, is God and God only, then he will sort out every other detail in your life and line it up the way that he sees fit. Do you see that? He said, because listen. I count all things but loss. All things, they can have it. They can have it. The car, they can have it. The house, they can have it. You see that? Uh, the job, they can have it. See, these things do not compare to what he has gained in the excellency of Christ. Matter of fact, he regulated it to waste. He said dung. So he regulated all things, nothing but waste compared to what I'm getting when I get Christ. And that's the attitude that you and I, family and friends, we must have that same attitude. And that's why on this broadcast, we're saying, do this one thing. So verse nine, this is what he says. And be found in him. He said, be found in him. How many of you are being found in Christ, in the Lord, in his economy, in his plan, in his redemptive format, what he's working out? You see that and be found in him. And then he says, not having my own righteousness, 
which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You see that? So he's not doing things in his own righteousness. That's what he spoke about. And that's how many of us do. When we come in his walk, we want to speak about our own righteousness and what God has done, uh, or what we feel like we have done with the help of God on the side. And we want to make ourselves seem more than what we are. But listen, he said, I'm counting all things but loss. All things besides the knowledge of Christ. That's all I'm trying to apprehend. So he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained. And this is the key scripture right here. We can already get to it. He says, not as though I had already attained either were already perfect, but I follow after. You see that I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Basically, he's saying, listen, I haven't got there yet. I haven't attained what I'm looking for yet. And that's how it is got to be with you and me, family and friends. We ain't we haven't got there yet, but we are following after we're after something. He says I'm after being apprehended. By Christ, I'm apprehended. He's caught me up. He has me. And this is our key scripture. And if you're joining us on our broadcast, this is what we're talking about. He says, brethren, and I want you to really hear this. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Basically, I have not, I have not achieved it yet. I've not got there yet. He says, but this one thing I do. And that's the core of where we are tonight. So if you get anything that's really going to illuminate your mind and illuminate your spirit, this is where we are and this is it. He said, but this one thing I do, and here it is, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm going to say that one more time because this, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to your victory. This is the key to you getting over that slump, over that hump, over that place where you feel like you cannot get out of. It's called forgetting those things which are behind. You see that? That's what we're talking about. So we understand that when you come into the knowledge of God, these things have been covered. You have to forget those things which are behind. Your past sins, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, they are behind you. They're covered up under the blood. You have to forget those things which are behind. Now, the thing about it is the enemy will always use his own minions disguised through personalities to remind you of where you came from and why you did what you did and what you did back in 19 whatever. You know, they're, they're always going to remind you of the sin nature and things that you've done, but you have to forget those things which are behind. But there's twofold process in this. It's not just forgetting. And see, many of us, we might be okay with that. You say, well, Brother James, I can do that. I know that my sins are covered. I know that I've accepted the Lord and uh, I'm forgetting those things are behind. But there's a second part to that because it's a comma after behind. It says, and... So anytime and, that's a conjunction. So that's joining what's before to what's coming after. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. That's step one. Then he says, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You see that? So that means putting your hand to the plow. That means keeping your eyes focused and your gaze on the things that God has ordained for your life for you to look forward to where God is bringing you. So you're forgetting what's behind and you're looking at what's in front of you. It says reaching forth unto those things which are before. That's the second part. Comma. You see that? Now, see, we got to understand this. These things go in sequence. And then 14, verse 14, what does it say? It says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? 
Now that's powerful in and of itself. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So that's the reason that you got to forget what's behind you, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. That's the reason why you have to reach forth unto those things which are before. The goal of it all is because you are pressing toward a mark. You see that? And the mark is the finish line, and it is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see that? So these things are not for those that want to warm the bench. See, we're talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is totally different than you just coming into it and just receiving salvation. The kingdom of God means you got to go on. You got to keep going. And this is where many people get caught up. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what happened to you in your walk and, and what happened when you began this journey, when you started believing. It could have been something that happened in the churches where you were at or in the people that came across you. Somebody crossed you. Somebody wronged you. Somebody did something. But you've got to forget, ladies and gentlemen, forget those things that are behind. This is how you're going to get the victory that you want to get in Christ. And you have to continue to remind yourself to forget those things which are behind, because there will be those that will remind you. There will be circumstances and situations that will remind you. So we understand that. Listen, you cannot continue going forward by looking in the rearview mirror. You can't focus on both of them. And so this call of God that's on your life, ladies and gentlemen, this thing that God has brought you into, it's a very serious ordeal and it's a lifelong journey. You see that? So we must understand that, listen, these things are things that take time, they take persistence, and they take effort. Did you see that? They take time, they take persistence, and they take effort. So let's go to another scripture. We're going to understand this a bit more. We're going to go to 2 Peter. All right, let's turn in there. 2 Peter. Now we're reading in there. Now, this is a really deep scripture right here. This is this is, this whole book right here is just really talking about some phenomenal things. But it's so relevant to you and me right now. How many of y'all are just glad that the word of God is put in a way to where it can be applicable to our life situation? You see that? And this is why you've got to learn to insert yourself into the gospels when you're reading them, when you're reading these things, learning that this book, this epistle, this word that God has given it is a picture of humanity. It's a picture of humanity and how he came into humanity to redeem it. So everything that happens in here has relevance and is in here for a reason. So let's go to 2 Peter, okay? Let's go there. 2 Peter, and we are in, let's see where we are. We're going to go to 2 Peter and we're going to be in chapter, let's go to chapter 2, all right? Let's go there. 2 Peter in chapter two. And these, this is a, this is phenomenal what it's talking about here, but we're going to go to second Peter chapter two, and we're going to start in verse, uh, let's start in verse 18. Okay. Let's start in verse 18. It says for when, and they're talking about these individuals, they're talking about these people that were, uh, or these spirits that were alive at this time talking about, uh, it was talking about angels and it was talking about people who had went astray. It was talking about those that have forsaken the right way of living. You see that? It, this is what it's discussing. And it's talking about the influence of those, those who come and those who bring um, false teachings to you and try to make you follow something that's not of God. And it says here, it says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. You see that? So they were clean escape from them who live in error. So this is the washing of those, those who've been washed with the word. This is what we mean when we say 
You got to remember to do this one thing. You have to remember that when you put your hands to this plow, that you've come out of some things. You see that? So it says in 19, it says, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same he's brought in bondage. Verse 20, it says, for if they, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. And then this is the, the key part of this. It says, the latter end is worse with them than from the beginning. Do you see that? Did you get that? So that means that after an individual has come into contact and know of the knowledge of God and has accepted Christ in their life, it says they are entangled therein and they get overcome, meaning they get wrapped up in stuff and they get overcome by what they get wrapped up in. And the last part of their condition is worse than where they started out in the beginning. Did you get that? And this is what's happened to a lot of believers, a lot of people who've fallen away, a lot of people who get caught up. They accept God and they want to walk with God and they want to do the things that God has commanded and commissioned them to do. But they get caught up and they get entangled in the very pollutions of the world. You see that word? It said pollutions of the world. Now, you know, pollutions is toxin. Did you get that? So things that are in the world that are toxic to your belief system, toxic to your way of life, toxic to your mind and to your spirit. If you've come out of pollutions and toxins, why would you want to go and poison yourself again? You see that? Because the next dose of poison is going to make you worse off than you were in the beginning. Verse 21, it says, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Do you see that? Now, this is for all of these saved people. And if you're on this broadcast tonight and you've come into the knowledge of God and you believe God uh, for breakthrough and you've accepted him and you've been walking with him, but you turn away, you forgot to do the one thing. You forgot to let go of the past. You forgot to reach for what is before you and you forgot to press toward the mark. See, this takes a pressing. And this is where people get turned away because it gets too hot in the kitchen. You see that? They say if it's too hot in the kitchen, then you need to run out. Get out the kitchen if it gets too hot. If you can't stand the heat, get out of it. And, and this is what is happening to many people uh, in this walk of life. They are turning away from God. They are turning away because they've not been endowed with the stick to itness that it takes to walk this walk. You've got to have people around you that are able to sharpen you. You've got to have people around you that's able to help you forget because your conscience will always bring up those things of the past. I have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. I don't care the most, uh, uh, venerated person that you may have on your uh, popularity list as far as their sainthood or their holiness or godliness, they have to deal with it. There's no escaping that. But when you deal with it, you deal with it through the power of God. You deal with it by forgetting and pressing, forgetting, reaching and pressing. That's how you go on. And so many people get caught up. It says if they it had been better, if they have not to even known. that's basically saying this. It's better for you to have not known God at all than to know God and then to turn from what he's delivered you out of. You see that turning from what he's given you and go back to what you've been delivered out of. Verse 22, it says, but it is happened unto them. According to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. What does that mean? That's basically telling you and me that, listen, once you come out of the world, you can't keep jumping back in the world. You see that? 
coming out of the world and jump because why? Because coming out of the world and jumping back in the world keeps repeated trips to the altar. You see that? Have you ever noticed on every Sunday where a person is coming to the altar again and again and again and again? Do you do you see that? You probably witnessed that. You may have done it. I know I've done it. I'm getting saved all over again. I'm coming back to the altar with the same thing. Well, it's because I'm returning back to where I came out of. Because when I put my hand to the plow, I look back. Or when I got the revelation and I got the knowledge of God, I didn't press. I didn't forget and I didn't press. See, this thing takes a persistent effort on your part. And the, and the effort is called faith. It's called believing. See, if you stay in a realm of faith and believing, you'll stay out of the world. You won't keep playing hopscotch with the world, jumping in and out. This is what damages your testimony. It damages your reputation. It damages your witness for God. It damages your progress in God. So many people progress so far ahead and then they get a setback and it totally damages them or wipes them out. That's what you got to understand, ladies and gentlemen. That's the job of the enemy. He wants to wipe you out. He wants to keep you out of the provinces of God. Do you see that? So let's turn to another scripture. We get another understanding of what we're talking about on our broadcast. If you're just joining us, our broadcast tonight is called Do This One Thing. And let's go to Matthew chapter 12. And this is really going to take it home for you. Matthew chapter 12. We're really going to give a bit of understanding on here so you can understand what we said. Now, Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. That's where we're at. Matthew 12, verse 43. Now, in this, God is speaking about a particular instance, a particular thing that is taking place. So let me know when you're there. Are you there yet? Matthew chapter 12. I'm turning there myself, okay? So give me a second to get right on it, all right? Hopefully you are being challenged in your faith tonight. Hopefully you are being edified into where you can go forward into what God is calling you to and calling you through. Did you get that? What is God calling you to and what is God calling you through? So Matthew chapter 12, here we are. Matthew chapter 12. Now we're gonna take this up just a little bit because we need to get a, a brief understanding because you have to have the right context in order for you to get the right conclusion. Gotta have the right context in order to get the right conclusion. All right, so let's go up a little bit further. Now, these are these the Pharisees. These are these teachers. They was asking for Jesus about a miraculous sign, okay? So this is where we're going to take it up just a little bit. He's saying, let's start in 38. So it says, then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Basically, give us a sign as to what you're talking about. And then this is what he said to them. He says, an evil and an adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Now, that's a scripture. That's a story that you have to be familiar with. And he basically tells us what it's about. He says, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. What he was talking about was how he was going to die and be in the earth, in the tomb for three days. That's basically the, the reference that he's given. Then he says, the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. So he said all that to set up to, to bring us to this thing right here. He says in 43, and this is where we're going. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and find none. What is that telling you and me? 
Before you come into the knowledge of God, you have a lot of things that is housed inside of your spirit. You've got some unclean things in your spirit. And so it's saying here, when you come into this, this unclean spirit, when Christ comes, this unclean spirit has been evicted. It's gone out of you, but it's gone out of you. It's walking through dry places, seeking rest and find none because he can't get any rest in a dry, barren place. That spirit wants to come and activate and be alive in somewhere where there is some water, where there is something going on. Verse 44, then he said, this is the spirit speaking. He said, I'm going to return into my house from where I came out. And when he comes to the house, he finds it empty, is swept up, and it's garnished. You see that? It's empty, it's swept, and it's garnished. So this is telling you and me that when you come into salvation, when you come into knowing God, and you start, you do this one thing, forget those things are behind, reach for those things that's before, and press toward the mark of God. You see that? You have to do those things in sequence. You have to be pursuing God in that, because if not, when that thing leaves you, when it leaves your spirit, when it's dispelled and dispatched from you, it's trying to get back in. Those are the people that come around you that's trying to get you to get back into the very thing that you came out of. Did you get that? These are those that try to get you wrapped back up in the very things that you came out of, that you know it's not of God and they're trying to get you back in it. So when that spirit leaves, it's got to have something to replace it. And this is where the pressing toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus come in. Because remember, Paul said all of that. He was doing it not through his own righteousness. He's doing it through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's the only way you're not going to get tangled back up again into what you came out of. Now, this is this is the, the, the powerful part of this. Verse 44. Let's get there. I mean, verse 45. Let's get there. It says, then goeth he, or he's going. All right, so this is the spirit that's went. Now he's going and said, and he takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. You see that? Now that's extremely powerful. That's telling you and me, family and friends, that when you come, when you say, I receive the Lord as my Savior, God, I follow you wherever you want to go. Wherever you go, I'm following you. I'm with you, Lord. I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. When you do that, you have accepted the full reign of what God has commissioned unto you. And so when you allow yourself to not be consumed in that very thing that you have called out to God and said you would do. The spirit that left you or the spirits that left you is seeking to go and find other spirits more dominant, more powerful, more wicked, more evil than the one that left you. You see that? That's what this is telling us. This is why it's very dangerous. That's why the Lord said, you're not fit for the kingdom of God if you put your hand to the plow and you look back. When you look back, you're looking back into where you were, what you were doing, who you were with, what type of life you were living. This is why you cannot live a double life in Christ. Did you get that? I'm going to say that one more time. You cannot live a double life in Christ. Because the word of God says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You cannot live a double life. And many people are being brought to the carpet right now because they're not learning, first of all, how to do that one thing of forgetting the past. See, you can't forget the past and keep on entertaining the past at the same time. Did you get that? You can't forget the past and keep entertaining the past at the same time. One of them got to die. So you either looking towards your future or you living wrapped up in the past. It's, it's one or the other. 
because here it says that spirit is going to take seven other spirits. It's meaning he's going to get a gang of other spirits. Say you were dealing with something and uh, let, let's let's picture, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction or, um, you know, uh, theft, covetousness, any of those things. I mean, you know, lying, stealing, wh whatever it may be. I mean, the sin, the litany of sins goes on. So whatever it is that may have come out of you that you may have dealt with and you don't put, keep pursuing the things of God, that spirit is not going to rest until it can enter back into you. Do you see that? And the only way that that is kept out of being able to enter back in is something is there. That means the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, he has to be there because you don't forgot the things that were behind and you pressing, you're pressing on to the things that God has called you to, because this is what it says. It says, and. The last state of that man is worse than the first. Now you see that. Then there's a double witness right there. We just read that in 2 Peter. Let's go back to that real quick. I'm going to just read it. 2 Peter 20 says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. That's what this thing is saying. It's saying those spirits will entangle you again and overcome you. And then it says the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. It said the same thing again. The last state of that man is worse than the first. That's how you can see people that came into the knowledge of God and then they fell off for whatever particular reason and their lives are, their lives are more wrecked and they in more shambles than they were before they even got the knowledge of God. Do you see that? This happens and this is a travesty and this is a tragic situation in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, with the people of God. It's a tragic thing. See, you got to ask yourself, what am I going to return to? I'm going to let that sit for a second. What am I going to return to? See, once you, even on this broadcast, what we do on the Resilient Christian Radio Network, what we do 24 hours a day is putting the word of God out so that you can get edified and built up. So once you have heard, because the word of God says, how can they hear unless someone sent and someone preaches the kingdom of God? How can they hear without a preacher? You see, how can they hear without somebody bringing the word to them? How can they hear without somebody teaching them? And so you have access to this. So when you come into the knowledge of God, to go anywhere else is, is just, is not, it doesn't even make sense to do because the last state of people who come into contact and then leave out from that, they're wrecked and they're in shambles. See, it's just like that rubber band. You've been stretched. And once you've been stretched to a certain capacity, there's no way you're going to go back to where you came from. You're not going to fit. It's not going to feel right. You can't go back into the same atmosphere of where you came from and think you're going to dwell there the same way you came out. There's got to be another individual more powerful than you, which is God in you. Because he's the only one that can deal with you being in any area or any situation that you've come out of because he has the authority. Remember, he said the son of man has nowhere to lay his head, nowhere to lay the structure of what he's built, nowhere to put his authority. And he's wanting to know, can he put his lordship inside of you? Can you let him be the Lord and rule and reign in your life? So on our broadcast tonight, we call this do this one thing. But in our understanding, doing that one thing entails several different things. First of all, forget what's behind. Let's do that. If you don't do anything else tonight, forget what's behind. Then do the second thing. Reach for what is before you. You see that? Because what's before you is the prize, is the calling, is the mark, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is the mark. That is the prize. So that's what we're going toward. So if you look at your life tonight and you're going anywhere else other than that, 
You got to get back where you are supposed to be. Get back with your hands on the plow. Listen, my name is James Foss. This is a Defender Broadcast. I pray that you have been challenged tonight in your faith. Once again, we invite you to be a partner with us. You can go on to anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. That's anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. You can see all of our broadcast on there. You can come and be a partner with us at our three tier level of 99 cents a month, $4.99 or $5.99. I mean, uh, $9.99. Listen, we need you to be a support of this broadcast. We need you to be a support of what we're doing at James so once again, we are on every Sunday. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by a revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give this counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.